Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I'm a junior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting this series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a new topic and a different guest. And today, I'm so excited to be introducing my good friend, Stan Liao. Stan, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, so yeah, my name is Stan, uh, and I'm a senior at Columbia, uh, studying applied math. And as the title of this podcast implies, uh, I make some memes sometimes. Yeah, so Stan is like the most well-known meme lord, which is a term that I recently learned from Stan. <laughs> so he's like one of the most well-known people who posts on the Columbia Buy Sell Memes page. And also he is kind of the king of ref, as we refer to him. <laughs> do you actually, do you want to explain what ref yeah, is? Yeah, so like ref is a room uh, in one of our libraries. So Butler Library is the main library at Columbia and it's um, it's open 24-7 during normal times. Uh, they like not during you know this and then um so like it's it's there was like a weird culture developed around like its largest room which is the reference room nicknamed ref um because like a lot of people spend a lot of time there at a very a lot of weird hours of the day um so there, there's like a facebook page called like ref spawning in columbia where uh you like take pictures of your friends while they're in ref i like half is encouragement half is to like implicitly yelling at them to go to sleep um and yeah like i uh ran that page for for a while mm-hmm. um that's my that's my nickname exactly yes and stan do you want to kind of tell us how you got into making memes and like posting on the page? yeah um so i guess i was just like a very i was a very online child uh growing up i just spent a lot of time on the internet um and then also like um i don't know like i always enjoyed like um trying to make people laugh um that's just like a normal thing um so like in, in high school i'd like uh, i'd make memes but like you know it's like we'd have a meme page so it was, it'd be super janky i'd like bring up my phone and like show people and they'd be like haha that's funny or make better content stand and like i um i feel like a big part of like learning to be funny is like um and I don't think I'm that funny a lot of my memes were mediocre I I, I really I really go for like um like I really go for a crowd like what the crowd wants even if it's like I don't think it's the, my best work um but yeah like a lot of it's just like um it's like about being funny in general and it's about like um you know like trying things out and like getting pushback from people um because I feel like you need to like tell like tell jokes people are like no one laughs and you're sitting there like okay that was a bad one we're gonna try that again we're gonna change that up um yeah. and yeah so i just i just when i got here freshman year the college main pictures were really big uh, in like 2017 going to 2018 i think they're like on the decline somewhat now uh, but they're really big in fact then and like so my senior year of high school going to my freshman year of college um so yeah i, I just started like making columbia related ones and posting them yeah, nice. So I didn't know you got your start so early. I thought maybe like you started like college and then you got into the meme world. Yeah, I mean, I was a senior in high school, so like not like, <laughs> like I, I feel like sometimes you go online and there's like these like 13 year olds posting these like deep cut, <laughs> deep fried, like absurdist memes. And I'm like, you do you, kiddo. What is a deep fried meme? <laughs> so deep fried meme is it's slang for like, um, have you seen those memes that are like super grainy and pixelated intentionally? Uh, that like, yeah, like their uh, quality super ruined. That, that's that's deep frying a meme because you know, oh my gosh. you like mess it up so it looks weird. I didn't know that was like an actual term. That's so fun though. And I feel like a, like a big part of making memes and posting them is you you can't be afraid of like the reaction. Like you can, you can, I guess you could be nervous about the reaction, but it's like putting yourself out there in a way, right? It's like 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you have, especially because it's like, um, it's like under your real name, and like you have to like be like, um, I feel like a big part of it is you have to like, you know, put yourself out there and also like be comfortable with like, uh, like you know, people might not like it, and that's fine, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, how long does it take you to make one meme? Um, it, de- it depends. Some of them are higher effort than others. Some of them I just like come up with the idea on the spot and just slap together. Other some of them I like. Um, like I keep in the back of my head and toss it around a few times before like uh like like you know before like realizing what works because you're like oh I want to make a meme about like this thing happening like um insert like I don't know um school of campus controversy name here and like I like I throw the idea around my head a little because I'm like trying to figure out like what like what joke to make off of it or like what works and sometimes like so sometimes that takes a little time but that's usually like in the back of my head that's not like I'm actively sitting down thinking about it because yeah it's not like I'm a comedy writer and this is my full-time job it's just something I toss around in my head uh-huh. it's kind of like kind of like a political cartoon I feel I don't know like you're like uh, like a satirical magazine yeah, but... I, I think it's actually like I think it's actually like a political cartoon yeah and like a political part cartoon a lot of the times they're not actually that funny they're actually kind of cringe but you know did you ever think of doing something like that I've, like, not, like, actually thought about it, because, like, my feelings about it are, like, like, I like doing it, but, like, I can maximum pump out, like, two memes a week, right? Like, it's not, a, it's, I'm not a very, uh, like, it's not a huge, like, output, um, and that, like, I, don't, I feel like you can force creativity, but, like, you don't really enjoy it. Um, like, I think you can definitely force creativity, but, like, you're not going to enjoy it, and, like, I only do it for fun. Because also, this is on top of your schoolwork, so, like, memes are kind of your stress relief in a way right yeah a lot of the memes I've made are like when, when like I sit down in the library and I'm like I don't want to I don't want to do homework right now and then I, I I I scroll through a meme page back when you know meme pages like Facebook meme pages weren't terrible uh, and then I'd be like oh that's 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 a good idea I can make my own spin off of it I, I've made a few memes in ref usually usually go to ref usually when it's it's later in the day and then uh I realized that if a deadline coming up, then I really need to buckle down. And, but yeah. True. How? And you said you manage like the the rough page. I'm like I'm an admin. It's 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 a pretty loose thing. It's it's not it's not a very um, like a lot of people are in it, but like not a lot of people post a lot of times. So it's not like I have to do much moderation work. Yeah, I mean, you started a um a virtual ref, right? Yeah, at the beginning of quarantine, I think a lot of people were like. Um, more interested so I like I had the, 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 the beginning of quarantine it was jank here I had a uh, like a zoom a 24-hour zoom call um that was also like there was a zoom room that was permanently open because it was 24 hours mm-hmm. and like it was a repeating zoom room so like mm-hmm. it every minute it closed and then reopened and then oh. run for 24 hours so it was always open so uh, people would drop in occasionally would that how did you do that wouldn't wouldn't it interfere with like other meetings one of my friends was a TA, and then she, I believe, had the ability to make, she had Zoom Pro, so I think that means, like, she can oh. make unlimited Zoom room. Oh, gotcha. As long as, yeah. It's not open to everyone, right? The the ref spotting page? Yeah, it's, it's a closed Facebook group, but you can just, like, ask to join, and then you'll get let in, yeah. Yeah, I just remember there was um, some controversy over who was the the absolute ruler of ref. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a funny joke, because um, basically, uh, my friend, Julia Schrader, founded it, and she went abroad. So, uh, uh, in her absence, I was jokingly named Tyrant. Yeah, I was con- I was confused because I didn't, I mean, I know Stan, but I didn't know Julia, but she was also like a big poster in that page. So I was like, I think I'm missing out on something. Who do you think your biggest rival 
in the meme pages. I don't know. I feel like in, not, not a lot of other people make memes that regularly. Um, but like, I'm, I mean, like, I'm good friends with like some of the other people who like uh, making post memes. I mean, like, college meme pages have definitely slowed down. I, I don't even post that much, mm-hmm. um, like recently because there's just not much going on, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Alex, uh, Alex Hempel uh, posts sometimes. Victoria Howe used to post a lot, and I mean, I'm good friends with both of them. You know them before, like? Um, you- I actually no. So, um, Victoria, I knew because uh, so this was freshman year. One of our mutual friends, we just have to be in the same room together, and she was like, uh, like went up to me. I was like, wait, no, like you know Victoria, right? She makes memes too, uh, and I was like, no, we haven't met, but like, like I know we know of each other. Oh my god, this is so fun! It's like. It's like you're connected on a different level. It's not in the in-person level yet, but then like it, it's a commonality that you can bond over. But I guess I guess that's like now that's that's how everyone's connected, right? Because it's everything's everything's virtual. I'm curious about your thoughts about wasn't there like I don't know if this was real or if this was a meme of itself, but like but the memeology is that like the major or something? I think that was. Oh. That <laughs> No, I think that was I think that was fake. That was, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I might I might sit in on a class or two. <laughs> you teach a class, Dan. You could uh, be a I could, TA, I could be a TA. Yeah, for a memeology class. What else are you involved in outside of meme making at Columbia? Yeah, so um, most of the clubs I am in are like uh, like more chill slash informal. Uh, so I'm I'm in the Applied Math Club, the Society of Industrial Applied Mathematics, uh, with Caroline actually, uh, despite her not being an applied math major. Uh, I'm also uh, I also was involved in uh, Engineers Without Borders, a uh, little like on and off. Um, it's like right now off because uh, we can't really do much because of COVID. Uh, and I'm also uh, I'm also a member of uh, One for the World, which is um, like a club on campus that like uh, encourages uh, Columbia alums to like donate one percent uh, of to, like pledge to uh, pledge to donate one percent of their like post grad income uh, to like highly effect uh, to like the most effective charities in the world. Uh, typically, those targeting like you know like global extreme poverty. Um, and then yeah, I'm like I'm like loosely involved like a lot of different clubs and like loosely involved as in like you know like I I tell myself that I like I want to join but like I never like find the time to so you just functionally end up showing to one meeting a semester and I'm like hey guys, you're an honorary member of many clubs also pops right I feel like I always <laughs> be there. Uh, I so I do not play an instrument. Uh, I, I I know that's uh rare for like not like rare for an asian american but it's unusual because like my parents never like i played i played violin in middle school but like my parents never like were like they weren't against the idea but they weren't like particularly into it you know they never forced me to practice uh sometimes like after i finished my homework i'd be like oh time to practice violin now my parents would be like and no it's 9 p.m you'll wake up the neighbors and i'm like oh sure (laughs) if it gets me out of it i'll take it you know like um um, so yeah, I, I never played an instrument, but uh, a lot of my friends are uh, in Columbia Pops, which is um, it's a it's like an orchestra group on campus. It's really good. Check them out on on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah. I yeah, they nicknamed me their number one groupie. Yeah, I think a lot of our mutual friends are in there because they're all so talented at playing. Yeah, they're so good. They yeah. make their it's like Columbia Pops is the orchestra group, like Sam was saying, but it's like pop music where they kind of make their own arrangements of. Is it like kind of classical or? Yes, yeah, so it's like a lot of arrangements of like either pop music or like uh, soundtracks and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're just like they they like sight read, they do it all themselves. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Yeah, some of them are um because Columbia has the Columbia Juilliard, uh, yeah. like dual enrollments, and some of them are also Juilliard students. 
Oh yeah, they're, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. And what about like, if we want to give like a little bit of, of detail about your applied math major and your internships or whatever yeah, you're of course of course yeah um so i I'm, I'm an applied math major minoring in computer science the computer science minor was tacked on very late in my college career starting last semester uh but yeah so like i um going to college i was i was actually pre-med at the beginning or was like considering pre-med at the beginning um of college i, I ultimately decided not because i realized like i don't like these classes like they're like fine but like um i don't want to do this for like eight years of my life um and then, like, eight years of my life, and I wasn't actually that into the idea of, like, being a doctor, so it's, like, I don't want to, like, commit eight years of my life just to, like, a goal that I'm not particularly into, mm-hmm. uh, and then, yeah, so for applying math, um, like, I always, like, generically, generically liked math, um, and then, yeah, it was, like, it's, it's a very, it's a very chill major in that, like, it doesn't have a lot of, uh, like, hardcore requirements, a lot of, like, the classes are, um, like, elective classes, uh, and, like, the boundaries for what's an like what's a technical elective are very broad um so it's like it's a very chill major it's a very like um so you take this core of math classes and then you uh like specialize in like whatever you want um so yeah so like i, I it's like some math classes some stats classes um some cs classes because i think that like um it's like it, it just it's a, it's a useful skill to have especially nowadays a lot of like um especially applied math right it's, it's hard to separate from like um programming skills um and then yeah yeah did you ever think about um pure math pure math so i'm, I'm an engineer uh, in engineering school they, we don't have pure math um i um i may have considered that growing up and like i think that it's it's really cool um and i've taken some pure math classes obviously um because it's you know that the majors aren't that different uh, i've mm-hmm. taken some pure math classes here i think they're really interesting um and uh, yeah like so i mean if i were in uh columbia college i, I may have considered it but like um yeah, I just never uh, yeah. fit up. Mm-hmm. For pure math as a career, I guess, like that's super intense. Like I could never, I could never do that. I could like do a math minor, like a math major undergrad and just go into industry the like the same, like the normal way, mm-hmm. uh, like after college. But like, I could never do grad school for math. That's super intense. It's like super hardcore proofs, like the, 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 the big brain necessary to be able to do those. It's, it's beyond me. Uh-huh. Is, is pure math usually like, academia just like going into academia? um so pure math like so some people um if you go if you get your phd um, there's definitely a lot of spots in academia people will still go into like um like industry though from like after they're getting their phd math by industry i mean like uh, i mean actually a lot of things um because like math is like it's just like a generic it's like a generic like okay you're really smart and you're like good at thinking through things um and it's like a lot of them end up in like i know like t- tech snacks uh, tech snaps up a lot uh, a lot of go to finance uh, a lot of just go into like other stuff yeah oh interesting I didn't know that yeah I mean I, I I imagined it just to be like strict academia because it's like pure math it's like all theoretical but yeah. it's interesting that it's like I feel like it's the the people and the personalities and their um flexible mind <laughs> that can like be applied to a lot yeah. of different fields yeah and also there's like a lot of like high level math necessary in a lot of different fields so like yeah yeah mm-hmm. and what about your oh you, you mentioned like tech versus elective classes right for the applied math major oh yeah so tech electives mm-hmm. 
in case you want, in case any of the listeners are considering uh, major applied math. So the way it works is that you have your required classes, which are just like a few uh, applied math classes. So like your standard, like linear algebra, differential equations, and so uh, partial differential equations, so on. Um, and beyond like those like six or seven classes, uh, the rest of the classes you have to take for the major are like called tech electives um, or like technical electives, the full uh, name. And that's just like whatever, um, I think it's like the requirements, like any 3000 level, um, vaguely technical, technical is a very broad term class or not. Uh, so it's like, you know, like any 3000 level econ class, 3000 level bio, chem, physics, computer science, statistics, anything. So it could be like across any bio even like for applied yeah, math. Yeah, in fact, when I, back when I was pre-med, I, I was partially considering uh, being applied math pre-med because then I could uh, I could dodge the worst of Nash bio uh, if I take a part of bio and then I could, um, uh, yeah, because I wouldn't need like the, the like the hard bio classes to graduate, right? I just need that for pre requirements, and then like they'd fulfill the tech electives. Oh, interesting. Yeah, wait, were you BME then? Like at the beginning? I was B. I was probably gonna be BME then, though. Still, yeah, yeah. Okay. And was it like was the shift difficult? Like, where did you have enough time to? I also I I didn't change that late into because I so I was only pre-med up, so so it was sophomore fall that was mm -hmm. my. Uh, fully dedicated. So yeah. uh, freshman year, I waffled between a lot of majors. I flirted with IUR briefly, like considered CS maybe. Um, and then so sophomore falls, like, okay, I'm going to commit to being free med. We'll see how it goes. Um, so I, I really only took like uh, two classes, bio and orgo, that I had to take mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that like weren't applicable at all to the rest of my college career. The rest were like linear algebra and physics three, which for some reason I had to take for applied math. Um, well, the reason is that applied math is in the same department as applied physics, so I think they just call off in case of the requirement, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, it was really, it wasn't too hard of a switch. Um, if, I, if I had, like, dragged on longer to my college career, it definitely wouldn't have been hard. Um, but, like, if you, like, sophomore fall, like, it's mostly just, like, I wasn't, like, it wasn't that drastic of a shift, right? I was changing from, like, it was, like, a pretty big shift, but it was, like, and your GEs, especially in like in engineering, right? You're, you're just knocking on generic sciences, generic math that like most engineers have to take regardless. Right. Yeah. Because usually first year, I guess for C's and CC's, like they have a little bit of like more of a common common classes that you have to finish. Yeah. And then yeah. you can move on to your major specific ones. Yeah, because it's like oh, every engineer has to take multivariable calculus. It'd be weird it's in any major if you every engineer has to take chemistry for some reason. The CS majors like to complain about that one. Every <laughs> engineer has to take physics and so on. And what about your internships? Yeah, so like after freshman year, um, I was you know still heavily considering pre-med, so I worked in a lab. Also because honestly, um, I'm thinking about early uh, early college internships is that after you finish your freshman year of college, you don't really know much. Like you think, like this is like you could have taken like actually like moderately high level classes, but like you you don't like know much. There's not really much any, um, especially in like STEM fields and engineering. Like there's there's like not like real like real stuff you can do. And I don't mean this as like to like denigrate freshmen. It's like. I mean, I barely know anything, but like, it's just like that. Oh, like there's just not much stuff you can do. So like, I, I ended up doing research in a, in a BME lab. It's really, uh, it was really cool. I, I liked it, um, but you know, it's just uh, not for anymore. So it didn't work out, but uh, yeah. So that's my general thought towards early, early college internships. I think you honestly don't stress too much. This is getting to like advice stuff. Don't stress too much about like early college. Just like, as long as you're doing something, 
Like, as long as you're not literally doing nothing, like, it's fine. Like, because you don't know anything. No one's going to hire you for, like, a real um, thing. Like, one of my friends was, like, who, who's graduated was, like, asking me if I had any, like, underclassmen friends because he wanted, he works at JPL and he wanted to, like, uh, advertise, like, this internship. And then he was, so I was like, oh, like, what is it if it's for software? And so he was like, yeah, it's like for like, you know, it's like a machine learning data science internship, but all, like functionally what it is, is like, you're like messing around with the code and you're like just changing these parameters to see, to like, see what works. Um, and then like, yeah, like that's like, that's the sort of thing uh, you can do as an underclassman in college. And like, it's really cool. Um, but also like, it's not like you're like, oh, like I'm writing this machine learning algorithm from scratch. Cause it's like, no, you don't know how to do that. You don't know anything. Um, and then, so leading into that, actually my sophomore year, um, I did do a machine learning slash data science internship at the SEC, which is uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission. It's the financial regulator um, for, a timely reference you know uh, they're responsible for like the game stuff and all that um and then so that was like uh, that was pretty cool um obviously there's like you like you know limited stuff as like a sophomore um but yeah it was like it was it was cool um and so like that i just um i just sophomore year I just applied to a bunch of different stuff um this is a bit of a hot take other people disagree but i think that like if you're in, a, in like a STEM field and like applying to jobs is just a resume drop, I think you should just apply to a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean like, cause like if it's just a resume drop, it takes like under a minute, you can just apply to a hundred over the course of like, you're like, right? You just like apply to like 10 every Friday. And then like, I mean, you're software, so I doubt like people are throwing internships at you. If they are, props to you you're brilliant um but like you know like you just you got you gotta you gotta go for volume and then so i just had applied to it casually because they thought it was cool um i was like for the meme you know it's the sec dab on elon musk yeah so that was cool and then junior year um i i applied a lot of stuff i i, I worked at jp morgan uh the internship it was it, that was weird that was a weird experience because it was like um remote and then like so that was in trading um, which is what I will be. It's like, a, yeah, so it was in sales and trading. And it was like, it was like a relatively on the mathier, more quantitative side, but it was like a weird experience because it's like, um, you legally cannot like trade because you need like a license and all that stuff. Uh, so a lot of like uh, sales and trading internships is like about like shadowing people and learning from them, um, which you couldn't really do because it was remote. Um, that was like the COVID summer. Um, or hopefully not the first COVID summer. Hopefully it's just the COVID summer, but you know, we'll see. Um, and then yeah so that was like it was a weird experience it was like fine uh, but like it was just weird and then um after graduation i'm going to be working uh, in prop trading which is a little different uh, at optiver which is like nafi finance stuff uh, i uh i can't explain but i don't think i do a good job of it so google's out there folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like congratulations first of all and also i feel like it's just like difficult to explain because there's a lot of technical background to it I mean I've I've been explained or people have explained this to me several times and I still don't fully understand well, I like I fully don't understand it like <laughs> at my JP Morgan interview it was super janky by the way um so I, I applied in August the August of sophomore year summer because I was like I need to start working for the next year and banks are uncomfortably early they ghosted me for four months and just I, I had no internship by December and I was like 
not panicking, but I was like, okay, December is getting kind of late. Uh, and then they, they sent me an email on like, certainly so like reading week, which is the week before finals week. That's like, hey, do you want to come in for a final round? And I'm like, I literally have not done any, like normally banks do like five intermediary rounds. I've done zero of them. I, I did like the, the fake AI video. So like a lot of banks do like this weird thing where they have like an AI uh, interview, interview you. So you just record. So it's not a real AI. So you record a... Um, you can like, click on this website called Hire View, and then you just record a video interview of yourself answering questions, and they have like AI analyzes it. Um, and it's like I did the Hire View, and then like they they go to me, which was like, and then they they get back to me like, do you want to come for final round? And I'm like, they're definitely they definitely underhired, and they're definitely <laughs> scrambling to make up for it. But I'm not complaining. Um, yeah, so I go there, and then like uh, one of the questions the guy asked me is like, do you know what they do trading at a bank? And I'm like, that is. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. How did you answer it? Oh, I, I answered it wrong. And then he was like, that's not what we do. And I was like, oh, well, darn. <laughs> Wait, but you still got it. Yeah. I think I, like, I did okay enough on the technicals. And also, I got just really lucky. Right. So that mean, like, they don't really expect you to know the stuff going in. because I mean, it, it, would, it would help knowing the stuff. <laughs> would not recommend uh, that. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like... It's 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 a weird thing to to understand. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. finance is a weird industry. Outside of finance, would you have like done any other field? Yeah. So like, really, honestly, really, the only uh thing in like finance that I'd want to go into is like proprietary, like prop trading, which is what I'm going into, which is different from trading at a bank. It's usually like, um, it's like they do a t- they do like a, a pretty different thing, despite sharing a name and like it's it's like a more of a laid back environment. And it's like kind of like a tech. It's kind of techy, uh, and it's very like uh, it's very mathematical. Um, outside of that, um, honestly, I was, um, because I was thinking of like backups. Like, what do I do in case I don't get a prop trading job? Because there's really only like twenty five real trading firms, you know, in case all of these rejected, which is very possible. That there's that's not a lot. That's not a high number. Like, what do I do? So. I honestly wasn't sure. I was considering like um, data science, which I know is like a very vague uh, thing. It's really just sparkling statistics as the joke goes. Um, like, you know, like the sparkling wine champagne, uh, it's it's not real data science unless it's from Silicon Valley, otherwise it's just sparkling statistics. Um, so I was considering data science, which is like a very like general thing. Oh, that's like rough to break into unless you have a um, like, master's degree because there's like a lot of like people with master's degrees now also considering like software engineering because it's like is coding my strong suit like no like I'm, I'm gonna say it like I'm not like the strongest programmer you know like I'm like fine at it uh, like I like I like I don't like yeah so I was, I was considering doing that and then I was considering like maybe going to grad school and then figuring like getting a master's degree and then figuring it out after that do most people get master's degrees after I think it's really I think it depends. Um, I'm honestly not that familiar with like um, standard engineering. Apply math is really weird, so I'm I won't speak for that. Like mm-hmm. other people I know in apply math, some are going to consulting. I'm going to trading. Some people are going to like um, PhD programs for like like one of my good friends. Uh, she's applying math, but she wants to do like earth science stuff, right? And like on like mm-hmm. you know like the quantitative modeling side. And so she's getting she's going to go to grad school, so, like uh, like for full PhD and then like academia onwards so it's apply math is weird um i can't speak for like normal engineering because uh despite being friends with a lot of them i don't really know how their careers work anymore uh, but i am like cs adjacent so i can speak for cs kind of for cs i mean obviously a lot of people don't get master's degrees the main point of getting a master's degree is to like um 
specialize like it's like specialized in this like a field right so if you want to do like machine learning um like you, you can't like no like usually with a bachelor's in like yeah like in computer science you can't really be like all right I, I can just straight up do this now so it helps like um it helps if you want to like break into like a more specific um not like not just like generic software engineering thing um, and also another reason i've heard i don't know how true this is because i've heard the second hand is that like a lot of people want to work in like uh like a big company like google or facebook or whatever and then like move into a smaller company into like a, a startup and once they have that like you know google cred facebook cred apple cred or whatever on the resume they can like you know a small company is more likely to be like oh we can trust this person but like getting a master's might be a way to skip that like step and break directly because you're like oh i have a master's which actually differentiates yourself in cs right because masters aren't that common relatively interesting yeah this is something you mentioned before about sophomore year when you were thinking of an internship for the next summer you started in august is that considered early um yeah so every every industry has different recruiting cycles um so this is really dependent on your industry i forget exactly when tech is but tech is usually one of the earlier ones but like that's usually like a um a lot of the recruiting happens in the fall for the next summer um finance high finance like the weird stuff uh like the, like everyone who still makes you wear a full suit which is an increasingly increasingly a rarity um that like those schedules were super early like august for like next summer is not considered early mm-hmm. uh, it's not considered like it, that's like usually when like the applications open which means that like it's not like a weird thing to drop and like it was just a resume drop um mm-hmm. and, like it was august so it's like i it, it was summer i was at home i had nothing going on uh so yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah and when you say resume drop do they expect cover letters anymore or a, a lot of the times they do expect cover letters um i am not gonna lie pretty lazy about my cover letters um <laughs> i can't believe this is going there if everyone to see i'm not like lazy but like um i mean you have your like you have your cover letter template and then you um which is like talking about yourself right mm-hmm. um because like the thing about yourself isn't going to change like you're not like presenting a completely different face for every uh firm and then you like adjust it for like each individual firm like why i like you specifically um so like i don't like i don't write up like a new cover letter for it every time i like modify it which takes like 10 15 minutes uh, like maybe a little more than that but like it's not like a long um, and like but honestly a lot of um a lot of technical rules like don't require a full cover letter Oh. Uh, or like don't require a cover letter at all like, they might say it's optional if it's optional you should probably do it at, at the end of senior year like at the end of the last recruiting season senior year after i had like got uh like i started getting lazy but like um uh, yeah so th- usually the, a lot of times they do require cover letters but like uh, i like i'd say as advice like don't treat it as an obstacle uh, it's gonna be really corny if i say treat it as an opportunity so i'm not gonna say it but like it is good because it's like if you have if you just like write it that's gonna filter out a lot of people right and like if you have like a cover letter written already right you you, you, you modify it to fit this exact position and then just don't get filtered out by that part you know like it's it's fine it, writing cover letters not that hard you write your one cover letter you adjust it and you go on with your life okay that's good advice I feel like that's just working smarter. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, they don't expect you to write from scratch a whole new cover letter, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, I want, like, it's not like this, like, I know for like fellowships, sometimes they want you to like write your own essays, in which case it's like, okay, yeah, you have to write your own personal statement or whatever. But like, it's not a personal statement. It's just, uh, please hire me. <laughs> please, please hire me. It's, me like, cool. it's like, this is what I'm good at. This is why I like you. Please hire me. Like, that's, yeah. and this is what I'm good at doesn't change. Please hire me doesn't change. So, like, mm-hmm. 
I think um, we were talking before about your your like post undergrad. Do we call it post grad if it's post undergrad? Is that different? I- I, I you can call that because you're like graduating I mean, post grad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the words go, man. Yeah, and you mentioned that you were like moving to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, moving to Chicago. Are you excited for the move? Yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna be cool. I do like New York a lot, and I'm gonna be sad to leave, but um, we'll see. I, I also like so much stuff is up in the air right now because like, uh, so like I don't even know like exactly when I'm starting or like if we're gonna start virtual or not. So we'll see. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's been cool. It's a cool opportunity. Because you're from Cali initially, right? Yeah, I'm from California. I'm not excited for the winters. That part <laughs> I'm not excited for. Yeah. Like, New York winters are hard enough on me alone. You know, like, I, I yesterday, I was bad, you know, in the snow. Yeah. We're filming this. So this might be going up sometime in March, I think. But okay. we're filming this in, it's in February. Yeah. February, where, and it's snowing today in New York, at least. And it's been snowing yeah. for, like, the past few weekends or weeks. Yeah. Well, not, like, full weeks, but, like, intermittently throughout the past month. Um, yeah. So we've gotten a lot of snow. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago is gonna. Do you, be- I mean, do you like the snow? I do. I mean, I like. It's pretty, but then like when it gets all slushy. Yeah, it gets yeah. slushy. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh-huh. uh, I because like the, this is the first time I've lived in like in a prolonged period in a place which has like snow, and I'm like, wow. The first like the, every time, every time the first time I see snow, I'm like, wow, isn't that pretty? And the second time I see snow, I'm like, why is it on the ground? Why is it like gray? <laughs> I, I thought snow was supposed to be white. Yeah. <laughs> Not like this. Yeah weird color i was talking with lulu who is a cs major and sees you might know her she's also yeah, from california yeah. yeah no i know her yeah she's from, yeah. she's in the bay area right yeah yes i think so and she was we were just talking about snow too because like the difference like the big difference between california and new york is like the weather she never owned a like an actual winter coat oh oh i i did not own a winter coat yeah absolutely mm-hmm. which is so in, in la it gets super um during the winter it's super cold in the mornings but then like it warms up to like 75 degrees in the afternoon so like you, you, but I, like everyone would just like wear like light jackets and like suffer through the cold for like in the walk just like walking from like their like cars to like school itself uh-huh. and then like yeah their cars to school. Uh, <laughs> Walking from like that little. You yeah. you just you just you suffer through like fifth like ten minutes of cold, uh, and then and then you you, you call it a day. Yeah. I never I never owned like a real winter coat until. Do you like New York? I mean, it's gonna be hard. Like, do you like New York or Cali better? I don't know. It's a hard. And they're very different. I also lived in like a suburb mm-hmm. of California, so it's definitely a different experience. Right. Um, I definitely like living uh, in a city. Uh, especially like there's the joke that like New York is the only real city in America uh, which is I can see it um, <laughs> that like um, it's nice living in a city where like you know there's like public transit which is really nice um, there's like a lot of amenities to living in a city you're living there now too right yeah yeah I'm, I'm in New York right now I'm, yeah. this is my college dorm yes. wait which one are you living in again I'm in Watt right now okay and what is that like known for so Watt is um it's like it's during during a normal year it's like a mixture of like doubles and uh, like so studio doubles which is two people to a studio apartment basically uh two bedroom like two bedroom suites which are basically two bed two people in a two-bedroom apartment and then like studio singles which are the rare few for extremely lucky seniors um so because of like COVID guidelines i have a studio that has that is now a single because they can't put two people in the same room so i lucked out Wow, that's nice. And where, like, what street is it on? Yeah, so Watt is on 113th uh, Street, and it's close to, it's between Broadway and Amsterdam, but it's closer to Broadway. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice location. Because yeah. like, the main entrance for Columbia is on 116th, um, and then, like, the dorms are just, like, 
I don't know how many block radius, but it's just very close around. It's in like a two block radius. Yeah. Like at a U shape around like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Stan, I was going to ask you, where are you, because we're choosing housing now for like rising seniors and just like rising undergrads in general. But yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you where you were going to live next year, but you're graduating. <laughs> you're going to be in Chicago. Wait, wait where are you going to live next year? I don't know. So we were trying to figure out like groups, mm-hmm. but like, and I didn't know housing legislation was coming up so soon. Um, but I think I'm going to go for a single in somewhere close to campus. What did you think about Ween? Ween was good. I So Ween is, uh, for those who don't know, it's on like the eastern edge of campus. It's an older building. It's most known for having sinks in the room, uh, but it was renovated recently, like a couple of years back. And it's uh, it's pretty nice. If you have a east facing um, room, it, it's a great view because um, it's like it's so Columbia, uh, Columbia as a whole is on like Morningside Heights, which is a hill. And then Ween is on like the eastern tip of that hill. So like if you're on a high room facing east, you're on top of the hill and on top of a high building and you get like a view eastward into the city so that's um so yeah Wien's Wien's pretty solid I always thought like the things would be really nice and convenient oh it's definitely super convenient yeah yeah Yeah. that's true I might go for Wien then we'll see I mean we'll see how things turn out we'll see how things turn out yeah there's Mm -hmm. so much stuff and stuff in here that like yeah yeah do you have any advice for people who are either in college now and going on the route that you're going or applying to colleges and waiting for college decisions yeah, I, th- I think if you're applying to college, I know this is an immensely hypocritical coming for me because uh, I am at Columbia, but like, honestly, I think don't stress about it. Like, it's college admissions are a very weird and arbitrary process. Um, and like, don't stress about things that are out of your control, right? And like, um, I think like it matters as much as like once you get to college, like trying to do a good job, um, as much as like, you know, like where you end up going. Um, so yeah just like don't stress too much about the admissions process obviously like try your best but like I mean I got lucky coming here like I'm, I'm not gonna pretend like I did some something like amazing that like guaranteed me admissions like no I, I threw my app and I got lucky you know and like yeah so you just you just try to do a good job and then just try your best and just don't stress about stuff out of your control for people in college um I don't really have so much like my track advice because my track is like weird and specific but like I think my general advice is like Something I definitely regret not doing is like, um, I'm a very indecisive person. It's not a good thing to be indecisive. Um, or like, it's like fine, but like you have to make decisions sometimes, right? Like don't, don't, if you like try to keep too many options open at the same time, that means like you're all, you're like implicitly closing yourself off to, to, to stuff. Uh, like no decision is make a decision to do nothing. Um, so like like try to be if not like 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 when you have to make like don't like try to juggle and too many things and keep too many options up at the same time and also like um but also like just don't get like don't get too much from them. like don't be like oh like like there's there's like a lot of stuff to do in college and like this is academically and otherwise there's like a million classes i'll never be able to take that are probably super cool and like that's fine you know you've like limited time and like um yeah, also, like, prior, like um, although I guess for recruiting, uh, specifically, if, if anyone wants my advice for that, my, my main two things are uh, apply to a lot of stuff if they're just resume drops or, like, you know, resume and cover letter, uh, one. And, like, also, like, um, I know this, like, is annoying, but, like, you do have to, like, prioritize it and, like, treat it as, like, as if it's one of your classes. And, like, you have to take it seriously because uh, it's, like, yeah, like, as, as, as dumb as it is, it is something that, like, matters. Um, and that like influences and like it's not like obviously it's not the end of the world it's not 
like because like your first job is doesn't determine the trajectory of your career that's why i said treat it as one of your classes right and you're taking like four or five classes so it's not like that big a deal but like and obviously i like i treat it as like three quarters of the class like a half to two three quarters uh, but like like you do have to like treat it as in like a task you have to do and not like something you do like after all your other stuff is done but also like don't stress too much about it in general just try your best but like don't stress about things out of your control yeah that makes sense and on the podcast we always end with like a speed round of columbia or if it's a columbia podcast and we end with a speed round of columbia questions columbia specific questions so first question what is your favorite dining hall on campus? Um, either Ferris, JJ's, or Hewitt. I know I said three, but I also said I'm indecisive. I can't. <laughs> so why for each? Like what? Uh, is Ferris, Ferris is always a, a, a good standby. It's like it's always it's always decent. You know, Ferris is always decent. Hewitt, in case you want to feel healthier, you you you, you head over to Barnard and like they have like more vegetables. And then JJ's is you know for the glorious late night. Uh, you're tired. You're very hungry. It's you know you, you go to JJ's and then yeah it's 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 a great it's, it's a it's a fun experience. Okay, second question, and I guess I'm I'm gonna take Butler out of this because I I mean you'd be biased <laughs> because you were rep. What is your favorite library to study at Columbia? Favorite library? Oh man, this is hard. Uh, but I am partial to NoCo. NoCo is like a solid it's a solid library. Is that second to Butler then? Um. I, don't, I I like a I like a lot. I honestly I, I like all like all the libraries fit different moods, you know, because it's like because um, Noko I like on a sunny day because it's, it's it's big windows and you 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 go there and like you know you get the sunlight, which can be rare at times. Uh, but yeah, like different different libraries for different times. Like if it's dark out, I'll sometimes go to like like East Asian or uh, social sciences because those like don't really have big windows, so like it's. Uh, it's dim anyway so yeah depends on my vibe but i mean noko is always a solid library because it's large it's well lit yeah it's nice it's very clean it's, nice. it's, it's very clean nice. it's, it's a very clean modernist vibe yeah exactly yeah um shake shack or five guys or chipotle um chipotle um really? i mean this is because i have a personal grudge against shake shack and five guys for not being in and out so <laughs> californian <laughs> okay next question um have you ever found the the hidden object under alma mater's? Yes, I found the owl. You, you, you gotta look. You gotta look for the back. Like, um, if if this if this cuff is alma, and then <laughs> you, you gotta look like right here, and like oh, like the left back side. Looking. Okay. Wait, when did you, the when did you find oh, it? I think I found it during during NSOP because they made a whole big deal of like find it, and then my entire NSOP group was like, oh, I found it, and then we were like, oh, okay, that was, that was harder. That was like easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> I never tried looking for it. I, I talked with my other podcast uh, interviewees about this, but I'm going to try to do it um, if we go back for, for my senior years. Favorite Columbia tradition? Favorite Columbia tradition? Uh, honestly, complaining about Columbia brings us all together. Everyone's like, we have no school spirit, and yet the second anything bad happens, we all, like, as one unit, complain about it very loudly. I mean, I think that's a that's a good wrap up to our spiciest spiciest meme lord at columbia or the ivy league meme lord stan leal thank you stan for being yeah, here uh, thank you for uh, having me on yeah oh and also we do end the podcast with a high five so it used to be like like we actually high five versus mm -hmm. like this but then i think yeah. it's here if we just go to the camera okay ready three two one <laughs> clap. okay yay all right 
Um, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it and you're watching this as a video podcast on YouTube, then please make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below what you'd like to see next. If you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, then make sure to give it a like and follow as well. And thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Stan. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Oh.